Alrighty, Tide fans, welcome to the University of Alabama Adapted Athletics Podcast. As always, it's your host, Brian Powers, here with me is men's assistant coach, Sean Burns. Coach Burns, it's National Championship Week. I'm fired up. I know you're fired up. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We, um, yeah, it's, I can't believe we're already at this point of the season. It just seems like it's gone by so fast. I think that is the understatement of the year. And it's crazy because we say it feels like it's gone by so fast. But considering, you know, everything that we've had to do since the summertime, really, it feels like it has taken forever. And, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm glad we're finally here. One, I'm glad we're finally, we're able to do this. Most importantly, I'm glad not only are our, our athletes getting the opportunity to compete for a national championship, but all those other athletes and all the other programs who have had to, you know, they've had to sacrifice some things in order to get to, to this point as well. So, you know, congratulations to all them and, and those those programs that did the things that they are that were required of them in order to get to this point. You know, um, we realize that hey, it, it's not easy. So uh, we're excited. Oh, no, and, man, we, we get to host. Uh, we're, you know, I think teams come in on Thursday. Uh, they'll do kind of their – practice sessions, some shoot-arounds, some things like that. So, really, everything kind of gets rolling uh, Tuesday and then uh, – or, excuse me, Thursday. And then, you know, Friday comes in. Boom. Game one kicks off. Uh, we're incredibly excited about being able to host. Make sure you follow us on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're going to be doing uh, daily updates leading up to the tournament. And, um, yeah, we're, we're really excited about everything. You'll also be able to find our links – uh, for the tournament as well. So make sure you're uh, following along there. Um, and this week on the podcast, man, we've got two, uh, we've got, we've got, a, we've got what, like three people coming on, two former athletes. Uh, we're, we're waiting on Coach Ford. So uh, we're going to go fingers crossed here. So uh, basically, <laughs> you guys are going to find out uh, rather or not based off our, uh, based off the, uh, whatever the notification that if he's going to be in the, uh, uh, be a part of this podcast or not so we'll see about him but we're going to have uh women's head coach coach ryan hines we're going to have michael all prince a former athlete here at the university of alabama as well as uh former athlete juice young um and we're just incredibly excited about that and uh you know by the way sean i so we didn't do a podcast last week uh just with everything going on and how hectic it's been you know we uh we um I don't think we mentioned or said we have an opportunity to say congratulations to Nate Oates and the uh, Alabama basketball program over there uh, just, uh, down the street. Congratulations to them on their regular season SEC championship. Baby. Yeah, they're, they're about to get going this week and weekend as well, uh, trying to win the SEC tournament. Uh, it's nice to know that they've locked up their spot. Uh, they're looking at being the number one two seed in the whole tournament. So, uh, 
you know, hopefully they, they perform well and they can maybe even potentially lock up a one seed. I think that'd be incredible if they could do something like that. But uh, we will see. So, tight fans, first guest is going to be Michael Offrance. Uh, Michael, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm going good, going good. Um, yeah, can't complain. It's uh, starting to get a little bit warmer over here in Germany, so excited about that. But um, And I'm finally starting to see the sun after not really seeing it for the past four months. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're, we're great. We were uh, talking about uh, – you know, this upcoming week with every nationals coming up this week. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. Um, you know, first and foremost, congratulations on the marriage. I was real happy that I was able to, you know, I had the Facebook live feed and I was able to tune in. So congratulations to you on that. How's it like being married? It's great. Um, not much different to sort of just regular life. Um, we were lucky. Um, we were actually meant to get married about two weeks before that. But I ended up getting COVID um, three days before the wedding. So we had to delay it by by a couple of weeks. Um, and lucky enough, we were able to still get married here over here in Germany. And yeah, the, the ceremonies are a little bit different over here. Rather than have many people present, we could only have a translator for us because it was all in German and then the photographer and that was it. Yeah, so... Uh... So yeah, I mean that's crazy. You're you're you moved to Germany. COVID starts happening. Like everything with COVID, you know, what was that transition like for you? Um, it's it hasn't been too bad. Um, the German government's really proactive in in trying to contain COVID um, since I've been back here. I got back here in ooh, I want to say September, something like that, and. Yeah, they, they ended up going to a, a pretty heavy lockdown here where all the shops were, were closed. It was only takeout only. Um, and then the games, we, we figured we actually have to get tested every every Thursday night before a game. Um, and the league here is adapting to it, um, pushing the league back by a month and then another month um, and sort of taking steps that if one team gets has COVID cases, it, it doesn't ruin the rest of the league. Um, which is which is really good to see. It means we're still able to have a league and, and still be able to compete for championships over here. Yeah, you know, I follow along. Y'all y'all seem to have a, a pretty solid squad. Um, what is it? What was that transition like for you, going from like you know the collegiate level to kind of the professional level there in Europe? Uh, so honestly there's there's differences but then there's also a lot of similarities um so everything we do over here it's just sped up so wheelchair basketball is is a relatively simple game a lot of the reads are the same um you have an inside game you have an outside game you have a three-point game you have defensive philosophies that remain very similar with only a couple things that are a bit different i think Everything that everyone's a lot bigger over here um, because we can run 14 and a half points and then females get a one and a half point deduction. So we're in the college system. It's limited to 14 point rule. Um, so you, you maybe have two bigs, a mid, two lows. Over here, you can really run three bigs, a mid and a low. Um, and the level, level over here is... is um, is really, really, really high. Um, Germany is one of the best leagues in the world, um, maybe only second to, to Spain. 
So it's it's you, you're getting pushed every single game. I know that's you know that's that's a, that's pretty awesome to hear because you know we had uh, we had Patrick Anderson on and he was kind of talking a little bit about that, and then he was also kind of talking about the the national level stuff as well. Like, um, would you say like there is a, a difference between like that collegiate professional and like the national level type things? It's it's that next step. Um, so from collegiate to a professional league, and then professional to international. Um, every everything main is similar, but it's like everything is sped up. Um, the reads you have to make, you have to make quicker at an international level. Um, and the similarities are: it's a fourteen points for international level basketball. So it's um, very similar to the collegiate level, where you you really have either a midpoint lineup with a couple twos or threes with one big and a low, or you've got a two two bigs a mid and two one and two lows, um, and sort of very similar reads, but it's uh, yeah, just everything's a little bit more sped up. All right now, all right. So I'm going to ask you: you were part oh, of like, <laughs> an, well, listen, you were part of like an Australian trio the last time nationals happened. Y'all had a ton of success. You won a, you know, it was a, won a national championship. You know, what was it like whenever you came to Alabama from that first year until, you know, the final game where you're winning a national championship? Um, I think that really has to, to start at the beginning of where I even heard about Alabama wheelchair basketball and the adaptive athletics program is – so there was actually an Australian before um, – the, the three of us got there by the name of Yannick Blair. And Yannick Blair is probably one of the best one-pointers in the world. Um, I hope he doesn't listen to this because he'll he'll record it and, and <laughs> use it against me one day. But um, he first came here just after 2012 after meeting the, the coach at the London Paralympics and came here, spent a year here, won a national championship his first year with Sean. And the next year, in 2013, I was playing the Under-23 World Championships in Turkey, where Yannick was also on the team. And I was actually his roommate for that tournament. And he's telling me everything about Alabama, everything about um, from the classes to just the team to the coaches, just everything. And made it seem as if, if I wanted to get better at wheelchair basketball, this was the place to be. And... Didn't really, didn't really do anything for the for the next year because um, Jordan and Ryan, so Jordan Bartley and, and Ryan Morich were were already in the process of getting over there. And what really did it for me was I saw them at a camp or um, this playing in the Australian league, and I saw how much they improved in that year that they were away, and it was just unbelievable. And I thought, if I'm going to take this sport as seriously as as I should. I need to be around guys who want to train and compete every single day. And um, Yannick messaged me out of the blue saying, hey, would you be interested in coming to um, Alabama to play wheelchair basketball? And I thought to myself, yeah, that's something I would really, really want to do. And so he gave um, my email to, to Ford Bertram, the head coach. And a couple of days later, I was um, – yeah, signing up and, and doing all the things to, to enter college as a, um, a transfer rather than a, a straight freshman. 
Um, and then I had a recruitment trip. Um, the Australian team was playing at the Lakeshore Foundation up in Birmingham. And for a week before that, we actually did a, uh, a training camp and scrimmaged against the Alabama team. And that was my like, the first taste I actually get to, got to sort of the, see the campus and fell in love with it. That's the only way to describe it. Um, saw the players who we had and, and thought I could I could help out the team um, and and do what I can to, to help win and, and make the program successful. And when, when I got there, it was a couple games in is when I realised we have a chance to do, to do something special. Um, I wasn't sure how long I was going to be there for, whether it was a year, two years, um, ended up staying for four years. But it's that progression of, of adding new pieces in as, uh, as we go. It's, it's rather than a rebuild, it's a, it's a reload, quoting Aaron Rodgers. Um, Heinz, will, Heinz will dig that. <laughs> but it's like the integration of, of the pieces. Like the first, after my first year, we lost Yannick and, and Justin Obermeyer, two, two of our best one-pointers. Um, yeah, don't ask. Sean, Sean's making a face. And, <laughs> um, and then we added in, Sean got more minutes, James Cook got more minutes, but then we added in um, two key pieces that are currently really big for the team in, in Abraham and, and Lindy. Um, and sort of seeing that transition. And then it was finally like our, the third year is where we, we got really good. And that was probably our most dominant season where we went, I think it was like 27 and three. Um, you there? Oops. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, and then the, the year after that, so we lost, uh, we lost Burnsy for my last year and we added in two even bigger pieces in, in Spencer and, and Iggy. And just to see the people who I played the four years with grow and, and develop into not just great Wichita basketball players, but some of the best in the US um, was great. It was really, really good to see. Yeah. No, and so you, so I want you to kind of talk a little bit about this, Sean, because you were there a little bit before Oppie was. What, what was it like for you? Like, how was that transition whenever he came in and kind of like, submitted himself as one of the key pieces in the program yeah i mean the part that he left out well he may not even be known because he wasn't here but um <laughs> the year before he came we got fifth place um we weren't good at all like um you know coming off i'm trying to think two you know two years before we had won a championship year before that we got third and then we got fifth um so he came in and we immediately made the championship game that next year um so you know kind of the impact that he had in grant you know probably the first six eight guy in the college division <laughs> um so it was just huge and we just only, only six seven mate sorry oh my bad sorry <laughs> <laughs> um but no i mean we just came in and we we're just so much different so much we had a go-to person and uh you know i mean that was huge for our team and it was huge for, you know, eventually winning our back-to-back -back championships that we won. Yeah, and it was it was especially that first year. Um, 
UTA and Whitewater were were amazing. Um, UTA had beaten us, I think, two times by a, a fair amount, and then Whitewater had absolutely smacked us every time we played them. Um, in the I remember going. What's that? I said in the previous years, not that season. The first season, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as in my first year, my freshman year. Yeah, your first year, yeah, man. Yeah, um, and it's like having to see the team develop to from where we were because we the, my like my first year, maybe two years. Not everyone was was about wanting to win a, a championship, and it was like that development of this is the goal, um, and now we're going to go out there and back it up. And it's funny, um, before we'd even started team training sessions, I was getting Sean, because I live with Sean and um, Ryan Hines and his then girlfriend, then fiance, then wife. I lived with all of them. And I was getting Sean's bed out of, uh, butt out of bed at, ooh, would have been 5.30 in the morning every day for about two months. Yeah, <laughs> you were getting me out of bed. I was always awake. Yeah, sure. Sean, we know we know that you're kind of lazy, dude. Like, we, oh, we, come on, that's not true. But yeah, no, Coach or Sean, you've told me a little bit about these, like these training. What were those training sessions like at five thirty in the morning? I mean, we, uh, we were half asleep, but huh? coffee is a beautiful thing. No, we honestly did. Our, and this might have been earlier than that because Yannick was there too. But we used to do their. Uh, your Australian team used to send like an individual workout that they had to do. And we used to do that. Yeah. It was um, just a whole bunch of pushing and shooting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like I, I, I was never, I'm, I'm still not the strongest shooter, but all those sessions with Sean before the season got me, got me in the, in the right shape and, and helped develop my shot. And then, and then later on, okay. Oppie's going to, he's over here saying, <laughs> He used to get me out of bed. I used to beat him to the gym at my our, my last season, the first championship we won in the back-to-back. I was always the first one to the gym. He'd show up. We'd play a game, some kind of shooting game, every single day. Um, I never won, but that was, you know, <laughs> no, you got me once. That was part of it too. You never, you never let me forget it, mate. Yeah, well, good because you know. Hey, listen, I'm you away. One I'll, I'll out of a hundred, you gotta you gotta let them know about it. Hey, I'll say this. These those shooting sessions paid off because there was one game where Sean was an absolute bucket against uh, I think it was the men's team or the is the men's I, it was obviously the men. I mean, the dude was on fire. I think he scored like I, I, I saw oh yeah, I saw it. Yeah. So uh <laughs> sessions have, yeah, uh, have made their way good. in. <laughs> You're welcome, Sean. You're welcome. But I, hey, I'll say know. this. Go ahead, Sean. Sorry. Oh no! I was talking to James a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I feel like I'm a much better basketball player now. <laughs> well, probably, but so was he. Hey, so I want to say this, by the way, Oppie. So my first, whenever I got there as a manager, it was that that the back. I guess that would have been the the second of the back to back there. Yeah. Um, it was your last season, so I had known uh, Jordy and Morich, um, like. Probably four or five years before my first year at UA, uh, one of the classes was uh, it was a class that I could take where um, you get uh, you work with the team. You got to do like 300 hours in the semester. I was like volunteer coaching at a high school and stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, yeah, practices are at like 530 in the morning or like something crazy like that. Six o'clock. <laughs> I start getting there, man. I was exhausted after like week three. And I was just like, look, I can't keep doing this. I feel bad. <laughs> I was like, I just can't keep doing it. I'm, I'm killing myself over here. And uh, and then I came up or I come back around and it was a lot of fun. And I'll say this, your work ethic was one thing that always stood out to me. And I'm not trying to hype you up, but I remember during our shooting sessions, you would like, you were the fastest, like hardest working guy. And Chris, Calvin and I would do our best to like try to avoid having to work directly with you because the tempo was so fast. It yeah. was like your passes, like it was like you you knew where you wanted your passes. You're like, I've got to work on this. I've got, and you were like pound, like hound and hound and hound and hound. And it's not a bad thing. I was just saying, like, the, to me, that's a, a testament to your work that work ethic and what you were kind of talking about there. And obviously it's paid off because you're like, oh, I'm not that good of a shooter. Didn't you like put up like 20 something points or th- almost 30 points in the national championship game? Uh, possibly. I'm about to say, I feel like you kind of like took over there and, and I was just, I was just, so to me, I always think back to those shooting sessions and then, and then seeing the performance there and that national chance. And to me, it's always like, you see where the hard work pays off. Like it, it was awesome seeing it. And because I feel like two weeks before that we had lost to UTA and Whitewater, right? At home. That was, that was a rough weekend. That was, that was a, a yeah. That and, was, um, I probably had one of my worst, I probably had, that was my worst weekend of wheelchair basketball ever. Um, <laughs> I went, I went something like one for one for 20 from both games. It was, it was yeah. disgusting. You guys really um, yeah, but and, and yeah, I, that was hard yeah, to watch. That was not fun. It was really, it was hard to be in. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I know the next, I sort of, that was the, I think it was the Friday and the Saturday on the Monday I was in on court from like five o'clock in the morning until about nine, just shooting the shot. I, I just, the shots I missed, I was just recreating them and I had to make like a hundred makes per spot. And yeah, I'm, I missed a lot of shots. <laughs> so I had to make up a lot of shots. And the thing I always felt like, I, like so once again, that speaks to that work ethic. But like, you know, for you, like now looking back on it, you know, what is it kind of like that stuck out to you the most? Where like, was there like a moment while you were at Alabama where something just kind of like clicked for you and that really kind of turned the page for you? And like, you're like, my work, like I need to change my work ethic. Or is this something that you've always had because you had success as a, as a, as a swimmer, correct? Like you've had your success in, in other sports and things like that. Yeah, so I went to the London Paralympics as a swimmer um, and ended up walking away with a, a gold medal and a, a bronze medal. Um, and sort of I, I made that transition to wheelchair basketball and after that um, in late 2012, early 2013, I played it since I was a kid. Um, and throughout the entire time, one of, one of my coaches – Early coaches was a man named Evan Bennett, and Evan was was the sort of guy. If you're going to do something, you have to do it the right way, and that's hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. Um, and so, combining that with swimming, my my swimming training regimen, which swimmers are insane. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can apply that, you all the hard work with wheelchair, wheelchair basketball. It's 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 not for me. It's not hard work. It's just yeah, fun. 
you should have seen this guy at one point he was like 150 pounds what? <laughs> had to, there's had to a transform his whole body to play virtual basketball. Yeah, it was. It, there's a photo of me in London where I am literally like skin and bone. <laughs> and then there's I end up because I I did weight training, but I never really did like heavy weight training. Like bulking um, to bulk up. Yeah, I put on like something like 45 pounds of muscle in about seven months. Um, because like wheelchair basketballs, especially for a big and like someone who plays in the post and as a center, you get hit a lot. Right. Um, and if you can't take that hit, yeah, you're sort of, you're not going to go very far in the sport. So it was more me understanding that I'm going to get hit and what can I do to, to make sure it's I, one, take care of myself and, and two, try to try not to let it affect me as much. And well, that, I was, was, that was, that was putting on muscle. <laughs> Well, I'll say this. Listen, look, if you ever need any training regiments on how to put on weight, I <laughs> – Now, I'm not going to sit there and, and say that it was 45 pounds of muscle. But, look, there, there's about – It was 45 pounds, pounds of something. Yeah, it's 45 pounds of something. So, if you ever get to that point where you're like, man, I need, some, I need some dieting tips. I need, I need some something to get a little – I got you, all right? Um, Thanks, Mike. Yeah, hey, absolutely. So, you know – what what is it now like? So whenever also whenever you think about that last national championship run, because there's always one play for me that has always stuck out, and I don't want to hype him up because I even told I, I talked to Sean about this, but it was uh, I think it was the first game of the whole tournament, and uh, Jordy takes a charge in the fourth quarter on uh, who was that? Who was the guy, Sean? It was or not the fourth quarter, but late, late in the second half is what I mean. Yeah, Yeah, the kid was absolutely a a flamethrower, like just didn't seem to miss a shot. Was like just doing everything. It seemed like everything he wanted to do. And Jordy takes a charge against him and picks up his fifth foul. He fouls out, and like it was kind of like we were able to kind of take control of the game and like finish it late. But was there any moments like at all that stuck out to you at any point in that run? Um, that's a, good, that's, a, that's a very good question. That's definitely a big one. Um, there was one, what really sort of, um, I think helped us to win in the, I know it's in the final, it's, um, just how well our low pointers played. Um, like Spencer and James just absolutely dominated. Like they, Spencer really couldn't hit a shot all year. It was it was it was really it was really quite bad. But what he could do was he could push, and he could literally he's a, he's an extract guy, so he could just literally out push everyone. Um, like if he wanted if he wanted to play, he'd probably be one of the quickest. Like if he wanted to play internationally, he'd be one of the quickest one pointers in the world, if not the quickest. And I remember he was going for a he for some reason was going on a fast break, and I, I remember looking at it and I'm like, do I throw him the ball? Because it's either it's like ninety five percent of a chance that it's going to be a break. Like he's going to either airboard or he's going to miss it, or it's it's going to go in. Five uh, percent is going to go in. I'm like, I want to take that chance and okay. and just throw him the ball. And from straight on, didn't use the backboard, just went straight onto the ring. Um, probably one of the worst layups in, that you could do in wheelchair basketball, but somehow managed to hit it. Um, <laughs> And then James Cook just, 
um, just hitting shots and hitting free throws and it's really funny. Uh, the, we still have a group chat, and every every couple of months he brings up, oh yeah, he's like two for two in national, two for two from shots in national championship games. <laughs> like just actual actual I mean, yeah, I don't want to say what else he says, but it's it's that the gist of it is he's yeah. he's like hundred percent in national championship games, which is actually a lie. I mean. Well, Two out of three. Some, could he give him something? He's, he's too <laughs> yeah, thanks for not saying what else uh, James has said because this is a family podcast, all right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what would it have been like for you to kind of have uh, this opportunity now to that, that that's happening this year where it's, you know, it's going to be at, at Strandhardin Arena. Really, I think you could say that players like yourself, players like Sean – you know, the, you know, uh, y'all mentioned a couple other Yannick Blair and, and really like, oh, just, there's a ton of guys. I mean, ton of guys, DQ, more, uh, more it's Ryan uh, or Jordy. And then you've got, yeah, I mean, you've got, I mean, you've got tons and tons and tons of people. <laughs> and uh, what, what would it have been like for you to have the opportunity to play in the national championship there at that arena? Look, I've seen, like you, you got to get like the Iron Bowl as an example of how rowdy Alabama fans can be um, in a pre-COVID world or a, a no-COVID world. Um, like and having as many people as you can fit into that stadium when Alabama plays a national championship in wheelchair basketball on on home soil on home court. It, it's it, it would be amazing. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous that um, in my four years we we played in some of the most remote locations. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like Edinburgh, which is just so far away. Whitewater, which is just Whitewater, Wisconsin, which is so far away. Southwest Minnesota State, which is so far away. And I think Illinois was our closest one, and that's still like ten hours hour, away. I'd say nine, ten hour trip. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it was always cold. It was always freezing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, I remember Tuscaloosa at this time of year is just beautiful. Um, and yeah, having having it in the Strandhardin Arena is is, is going to be awesome. No matter what, even if there aren't any fans there, it's still going to be a great atmosphere. Um, is True going to be going to be the announcer? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, he's he's just going to he's going to go nuts. He's going to he's going to get whoever's <laughs> in there into it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, well, I think we're we're going to be doing family, if I remember. So it'll be a lot. 50, 50 spots or something. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah for family and stuff. So. Sean, are you, Sean, are you uh, any of your family coming in or no? No, nobody's. Coming. Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah, none of my family's coming in either. Thanks for asking, Offie. That was real nice. Well, oh, I, that's uh, awesome. I, I tried not to put anybody on my list either. I did put. I, I submitted a list, but um, we got. 50 or 25 spots and we got kids that may never play here again and stuff. So I'm hoping that they get their people in before me. Yeah. 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 That's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be, I'll tell you what, I'm super excited about. We get, I'll tell you this. Do, is there something that like Oppie, you ever, do you, you sit there and watch our live stream somewhat? Is there any advice that you could give me? Like you got any, any advice for me leading up to this? Uh, the more the more hyped you can get, 
the better. Right. Um, probably one of my favorite videos of you is is on our huddle. You were the the one recording the videos from the national championship game where I score an add one and you start screaming like a headless chicken. Um, continued like it, whenever it pops up on on um, my photos on my phone, I just I just have to watch it. Mm-hmm. it it's amazing. Um, yeah, you yeah, know, the, I'm more, gonna, the more hyped up you are, the, the probably the better. Yeah, I, listen, I'm already like nervous thinking about this bad boy because like I'm super excited. I, like we were talking about it at the beginning of this podcast. You know, it's with everything going on in the world, and like it, it felt like Sean said we can't. He was like, I can't believe we're we're here finally. I feel the same way, but also, man, you know, it's got to be awesome for the kids that are getting an opportunity to come in and compete because you know, as an athlete how strenuous it is to get like do what you're doing in this COVID environment. And yeah, um, it's, it's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. Like it takes, like it's fun because you're, you're, it kind of is like a, uh, we've had some of the other guys come on on the team and they're like, you know, it's, fu- it's nice. Cause it kind of, you know, it's a, it's a getaway almost whenever you're out there practicing or playing, but then two, every single day, you, if you've got to like, basically quarantine yourself you can't see family you can't do all the things that you would normally do in a season like uh the Maynards you know how they're always at every single uh yeah like man it was so it was so weird having events and games this season and they're not in the arena I was just like man this is so it just felt it just didn't feel right almost the the one the one who'd be struggling the most is Mallory so Mallory Golden is is probably the biggest super fan of of (laughs) the men's and women's teams like just, just awesome woman. She, I've spoken to her, and she's been struggling not being at everything in person. Right. Yeah. So if she doesn't get one of those fifty spots, uh, there may be a riot on your hands. Mm. <laughs> Look, hey, I'll say this: I don't have any control over anything like that. So I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just the play-by-play guy and the podcast guy. Okay. So I just that's that's there's my roles. That's why I'm sticking to it. But uh, but I tell you what, Offy man, look. It has been absolutely awesome having you on here, dude. Y'all, hold on. Coach Burns has got one more hey, question. On. Before, for before we go, we have to ask the, the, this important question. Oh, dude. How, how much ketchup do you consume in a year? Uh, in a year? Yeah. Uh, that's that's a lot. Uh, I'd, can we can we break it down to a week? I'd probably go maybe three quarters <laughs> to a, a, a whole bottle of, of ketchup a week. Yeah. What well, hold on? What all do you put ketchup on, man? Everything, dude. He makes pizzas out of ketchup. That was once, and that was because we didn't have any like um, pizza sauce, tomato sauce. He thinks it's the same thing. So was, oh. was it any? Was it any good though? No. No, it was terrible. Okay, all right. I knew that was coming. As soon as I agreed to be on this podcast, I knew <laughs> something about ketchup and tomato sauce was going to be on here. Uh, we gotta have a little fun. It can't be all about basketball. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Good, good point. Hey, we hey we th- we got to talk about him getting married. Okay, that's true. All right, where, where is that, that, that was like a that was like a full thirty seconds. Where is Mary? Where's she at? Uh, so she actually took a job in San Antonio at, at the uh, the SeaWorld SeaWorld Park there. Yeah. Um, so she left to go back about two weeks ago. Oh, nice. Um, awesome. Congratulations so yeah, so she, to her. That's a pretty cool job. Yeah, she started uh, last week and seems to be really enjoying it so far. Sweet, cool. Well, I guess now, look, man, we've got to we've got to keep keep keeping up. Question: Where can 
people that are interested in watching your games, like how can they sit there and watch watch the rest of your season? Because is y'all season kind of like coming up where y'all are about to get into tournament play? Or uh, so we we start. So we have two more games in the regular season. Okay. Uh, we play Frankfurt in two weeks, and then we play Hamburg like a week after that. But then we start up the playoffs. So it's like a best. Of th- so we play two best of three series. Um, I'm not sure if it's set yet, but um, that's like the beginning to the middle of April. And then Champions League is uh, like the last couple of days of April, first couple of days of May. And that's like teams all across Europe. Um, and then we have the German Championship the weekend, the next two weeks after that. But the best place to do it, so RSV Lundil actually has an app for your phone. So if you download that, it's pretty easy. Um if not, um, rbbl.com. Yeah, it's 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 all in English, but um, yeah, it's 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 easy. Easiest well, way to do it. All right. So now that we also have this information, Sean, we need to put it in the notes. Put it in our notes okay. here to make sure we make it a point of emphasis on social media, because uh, like that way we can sit there and kind of get your information, like get y'all's game information out there, so they can sit there and watch you guys. All right, because. I know that we have – I'll tell you this. I know that we have had – like I've talked to multiple people on Twitter that they'll sit there and follow your games. Uh, his name – it's a it's an account called Bama Pro Updates. And they'll sit there and like follow your games and follow uh, uh, Juice's games and stuff like that. And they'll, they'll – like he'll always be asking, like he'll always be interested in your stats and things like that. So uh, I know that there are people out there that are definitely interested in continuing to keep up with you guys and kind of share your success – on the court uh, as you move forward with your careers and then obviously anything else that you end up doing. So, uh, but man, I I seriously appreciate you taking the time hopping on here, man. It's been great catching up with you. Great getting to talk to you. And uh, I really hope that, you know, I really hope that everything continues to go well. I hope the rest of y'all season is a, is a huge success. Cheers, mate. I appreciate it. All right. Absolutely. All right. So uh, tight fans, we really hope you uh, enjoyed that interview there with uh michael Prince or oppie whoever tunes in you know about different things uh coach martins i really enjoyed that i liked y'all's interaction and mm-hmm. like kind of getting the perspective from when you two played with each other and whenever he came in yeah you know he's i don't know he's one of our closest friends um he when he came in he <laughs> i remember the, from the day he got here he came in from the airport he had i can't remember who dropped him off i think like quell morris dropped him off and he just had his chair and his stuff and he moved on into our house. And, um, you know, from then on, he was our really close with us. And, um, you know, obviously he was a, he was a good basketball player, but he was one of the best teammates. And even to this day, our, our guys talk about his work ethic and, and things like that and try to use it as an example to um, motivate the younger players on our team. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I, like I was very fortunate to get to see a little bit of that hands on. It was it was something else. And I be, and I am dead serious about how we tried to avoid working with him during shooting sessions because of how just boom, boom, boom. Like, I mean, it was so up tempo. It was so like everything was had to be like perfect. And but that's an, a that's a good thing. Like that's not I'm not saying that tonight. Like, that was a good thing. Um, yeah. Well, we're going to hop right in. I mean, directly right into our next interview here. So it's it's not going to be a – well, it is a former athlete. What am I saying? You are a former athlete here at Alabama. But also, it is our women's head coach, Coach Ryan Hines. Coach Hines, 
thank you for hopping on here a little early. Uh, how's everything going, man? It's going great, Brian. I understand why you didn't say a former athlete. It's been it's been a long time now, but uh, I'm glad to be here. We're getting well, close you know, to uh, years. I know. Getting old, Sean. Getting old. <laughs> I think uh, I think you are old. You're not just getting old. You are old. I think. Uh, <laughs> but hey, you know, uh, I will say this. I did kind of get hype you up a lot on the live stream one time. I think I misspoke whenever I was like, yeah, you know, he was a part of the team USA, this, this, this. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you had an opportunity to try out for team USA, right? I did. I never, I never have, but, uh, I, I appreciate the, uh, increase in my, uh, my resume there, Brian. Thank you. Dude, I, I do what I can, you know, I, I, I try to hype up everybody. I honestly saw see your resume and I'm just like it needs as much help as it can get. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, so Coach Hines, we've got an, an awesome week, an awesome opportunity coming up, all things considered, looking at how I mean from the summer to now everything is gone. You know, what has it been like for you? Kind of has it hit you that we're finally to this point? Uh, I think it'll hit me on Friday at about 2:30 uh, when we get to our first game against UTA. Uh, it's, it's been a long time coming. Um, we've had a lot of bumps along the road, but, you know, honestly, this has been one of the most fun seasons for me as far as coaching. Like, you know, this team's got a lot of youth on it, got a lot of experience, so it's a really good mix as far as that goes. But it's, it's really one of the, the best teams. Like, we've just come together so well this year, and uh, there's, there's been no, you know, inner team drama. It's, it's just been – cohesion really from day one and it's just gotten stronger as we've moved along and, and you know it's you, you were talking about those bumps you know there's not been a whole lot of opportunity to really kind of get that outside competition and even during you know for nationals it's a it's a three-game series against UTA um what is what is your approach like kind of going into that you know because you've, you've played UTA a couple times and one of those times they were using a, a, an illegal lineup throughout the game, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what is it for you? Like kind of how are you – what are you doing to kind of prepare for, one, a three-game series rather than your just typical one game against the team? And also kind of how are you preparing against maybe some wrinkles that you might be thinking that they're going to throw your way? Yeah, it's, it's different. We've, uh, we've, we haven't really seen them in the lineup that they're going to run. Uh, when they came here, like you said, they ran one game, they ran an illegal lineup because they had one of their girls um, really wasn't feeling up to, to play in a full 40. And then the other game, they had a girl that was out with uh, a concussion from training. So uh, we, we haven't seen them at exactly full strength. Um, but one thing we're doing to prepare is watching last year's film uh, with the girl that's out watching our first game, because that's going to be a very similar lineup to what they're going to run. Um, but like you said, we've got to be ready for, for wrinkles. We got to be ready for them to have a press. Um, so we've got to be really on point with, with what we're doing. Um, but we really talk about it all the time in practice. Uh, yeah, we're preparing for UTA, but it's not going to change what we want to do on the offensive end. Um, we know how to stop them on the defensive end and it's really just about execution in, in all three aspects of the game. And, in our transition, in our offense, and in our defense. Um, so I think if if we execute, uh, we'll be we'll be right there and be in good shape. 
Yeah, for you, what is what is what are some things that you've seen from your team where you maybe like some expect you could not necessarily expectations, but kind of it's kind of some some of those development things that you've seen from really since the beginning of the season to where they're at now. What are some things that have stood out to you, and maybe like some of the development of like the way that the players are seeing the court, or you know the way that they're executing things a little differently now. Yeah, I think, you know, looking at our, our first day of full team practice um, to start the first semester to where we're at now, um, we obviously have, we have four freshmen on the team, uh, three that started in the fall and one that we added in Mary in the spring. And honestly, we're on offense. The biggest difference is just experience, um, getting a lot of time, getting used to our system. And then, like you said, our freshmen and, and the team in general is just learning how each other plays and, and just seeing the floor a lot better than we did at the beginning of the year. And, and you see a, a lot less and less, which is, is great for me, just open cuts to the basket that we're, we're seeing and we're not missing them like we did maybe early in the year. Um, and then on defense, obviously there's still some things that we're looking to, to tighten up in this last week uh, of training and, and try, starting to get a little more specific with our game plans. Um, but we're really, making a lot of improvements on the defensive end. And it really starts with the communication. Um, our, our down the line communications just improved a lot. And, and again, that's just playing with each other, getting used to each other and, and knowing how your teammates play. And, and uh, you know, something that I, I've, I'm, I'm curious to kind of see what your approach is going to be, you know, I mentioned how it's a three game series. Is it kind of nice knowing who you're playing against and like this is where this is really the team that you can focus on and prepare for whereas in you know previous seasons you know during a tournament you're you don't you know who you're gonna play just based off kind of how the bracket is but you still had to worry about maybe two three other teams what is it like only having to worry about playing one team yeah I think it's you know I think it's twofold one um you don't want to overlook an opponent and, and obviously we know we're only going to be playing the one opponent in UTA so we can specifically game plan for them. Uh, even though, like I mentioned, we're not, you know, we haven't seen them at full strength. So that's something that we've got to prepare for as, as much as we can with film and um, just kind of relying on what we've seen in the past and, and knowing what lineups they could run out there possibly. Uh, but then two, you know, this is something that we haven't done before a three game series at nationals. Um, so not only do you have to beat, a good team, a really good team in UTA, but we've got to beat them twice. So that's, you know, a challenge, uh, but a fun challenge that I think we're, we're prepared for. Yeah. You know, I've, as a, as a former player here at the university of Alabama, having gotten to compete in these tournaments, as well as also having coach Carolina, who former athlete having that opportunity, does that kind of help give you perspective of what these athletes are thinking and kind of, does it help you, as a coach now, kind of like maybe that like find ways to kind of ease their nerves as we kind of approach this, especially with your younger players. Yeah, I think it helps. Uh, I think it helps in a lot of different ways. Um, obviously both Carolina and I have been there, um, you know, now, like you said, as former athletes and uh, have been there as, as coaches, her as an assistant coach, me as an assistant coach uh, and now as a head coach, uh, I think it helps because you can say all you want, Hey, this is, you know, this is just another game, but you know, that the, the pressure is going to be a little bit increased and um, they're going to be in some situations that might kind of get their minds working a little bit faster than they normally would in a game. Um, and I think that's natural. And I think it's, 
it's okay. Um, and I, we mentioned that a lot at practice, Hey, high pressure situations. We, we do it in practice all the time. Um, you're prepared for it. Just kind of go back to the training that we've had. And, and one thing that I try to do, especially the week leading up is, is not change our routine a whole lot. Um, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit. And, and I think that the more you practice for game situations, the better prepared you're going to be for those game situations. And, and like I said, we've got an awesome group and I know that um, we're ready for the added pressure. You know, is, so what do you think uh, like you have obviously some very skilled individuals, whether it's young talent and older talent, do you think them having played on that international scene helps out big time as they've come in? Like I know Bailey and Abby, um, you know, they, they had that under, well, under 23 experience. Is it, was it under, 20, under 25, under 25 experience mm-hmm. where they're competing internationally. And there's, there's a lot at stake there. Do you think that that along with kind of the international experience of your older players and their, you know, experience at the college game, do you think that is, you know, does, does that kind of favor you in a way, not necessarily against UTA, but like, does it kind of make your job a little bit easier? Yeah, it definitely does. And, and it, it helps, you know, playing at a high level, um, having that international experience, even for Bailey and Abby, two younger players, but having played some really high competition um, coming into this season, especially being a little bit different as far as our competitive season's concerned. And then obviously having a lot of, uh, a lot of seniors on the team, a lot of, you know, we've got a couple five-year seniors. We've got a couple, um, we've got Kate who's in her fourth year, so we've got a lot of uh, a lot of experience on the team, and I think that just helps the young players, uh, even like Maura and Mary, who don't have maybe as much international experience as as the older ones, or even as Bailey and um, Bailey and Abby do. I think it just helps. Hey, we've been there. We know what it's all about, and we're going to kind of help you along the way. And and there's nothing to be nervous about. It's you know, it's it's something that we've been through, and we're going to help you get through it as well. And, you know, I'll say this, you mentioned uh, Mora and Mary just then. I'll tell you this, having to, getting to sit there and obviously we're doing every event, live stream, we're doing the whole thing. I have been incredibly impressed with their development, really, you know, since like that, that January, the start of January to me. They both, you know, obviously getting to see more in the fall kind of like seeing her kind of really kind of come into her own a little bit. You can see like, like better, like I, I mean, this isn't saying she was making bad decisions, but like just like quicker decision-making and like really it seems like she's kind of like seeing things a lot better and, and has developed a lot in that aspect. And then Mary, you could see where like that first event, I think the first few games, like you could see the athleticism mm-hmm. and then, but like you could see also where, she wasn't com- like completely comfortable with the system yet because obviously she was like maybe a week into it. Yeah. And now like you could see those two pieces coming together. What is it like for you having four freshmen like that or four newcomers that really just kind of like seem to get it? Like they look really good in the system. And, and, you know, what is it like for you as you kind of like look forward uh, to like building around them? I mean, it's really exciting for me to see the development from day one. Like you said, with Mora, like I, I think she's she's a gamer, no doubt about it. But just the development that she's had from day one to now approaching, you know, the last week uh, heading into nationals has been pretty incredible to see. And then Mary, 
same thing, but just in a shorter amount of time. Like obviously she had a lot of uh, basketball knowledge, um, played stand-up before, um, but she's in, in her only second season playing wheelchair basketball. And she had, you know, a lot of athleticism that's clear to see, but she just had to learn some of the specifics to the game and, and she's still got a ways to go, but I mean, it's, it's really exciting. And I've said, you know, I've said in the past, like we've had some awesome freshman classes uh, on the women's team. We've had some awesome freshman classes on the men's team. You know, I'd put, I'd put this one right up there with any of them. Like uh, I'm super excited for them and, and just to continue to see them develop uh, not only this year, but in hopefully another four years for them. I heard a little, a uh, little dog shaking there. <laughs> yeah. I got a, I got my dog Maddie here with me. She, uh, this, this little office area is also her room. <laughs> I hear you. All right. Yeah. No. So is there really kind of, uh, you know, have you kind of talked to your team at all about kind of the impact of having the opportunity of having nationals here in Tuscaloosa at Strand Harden Arena? And, and, you know, even dating back to when you played, I mean, the facility is pretty new, all things considered, you know, what, and you had an impact in that. Uh, and a lot of, a lot of people have, you know, have you talked to them at all, like about that opportunity about getting this, getting the chance to play nationals here? Yeah, we have. And we, you know, we, we talk about just being grateful for what we have. Like I always go back to um, when I started what we had, which was great. Um, and then I go back even further to when, when Brent and Margaret started this program in 2003 to what they had and now what we have. So it's, it's just good to look back at how far we've come. And then I think it's really cool this year just to have the opportunity to have nationals. And then also to have the opportunity to have nationals here um, the last time that Alabama hosted was in 2013 and, and we didn't even have a regulation size court to play on. So we actually had to play in Birmingham at the Lakeshore Foundation. So uh, the men won that year, but it, it, it didn't have that home field to it because we weren't playing on our, our home court. Um, so I think just to have the opportunity to compete for a title at our own home building, is going to be really cool. And um it's a fun challenge. And, and I think that both the women's team and, and the men's team are up for it and it's going to be exciting to watch. Now, do you, do you, like y'all are both obviously coaches. Do y'all kind of like talk about anything leading up to nationals or kind of like maybe like game planning or anything like that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's natural being within the same Alabama adapted athletics program. Uh, me having played with the men's program, having been an assistant coach there, uh, before Sean, um, I, I think it's natural to kind of look at the other team and, and see what they're doing, how they're looking and, and just kind of talking basketball, honestly, like, Hey, what are you guys looking to do on defense against your first opponent? What are you guys looking to do on offense? You know, what do you see as your, your challenges going into this game? So I think it's just natural, um, being basketball fans and, and, uh, being basketball spectators watching, you know, another team like the men's team and, and just, talk basketball. Like I talk basketball with Sean and Ford all the time. And, and I think it's, it's good to have other sounding boards um, than just your assistant coach and head coach. Um, and then also to your players. So I think it's, it's a cool thing to have that um, kind of unity between the two programs and just be able to, you know, throw ideas at each other and, and talk about basketball. Yeah, I, th I think it's kind of cool. We kind of help each other out too. Like for example, Ryan came and scrimmaged with us on Friday. So we kind of get 
it kind of helped in, you know, me and Ford have played in some of those crimson and whites. I feel like it kind of helps us. If you had a question about a certain player or something, you can ask them their opinion. And in like for Ryan, he's, he's worked with pretty much every one of our players now because he's scrimmaged with us and stuff like that. So, you know, in terms of strengths and weaknesses, you can kind of help each other out that way. Yeah. And, here also you know you mentioned how you are obviously you have the coaching experience now coach Hines. um what is do you have any advice say for sean because i'm i'm in, i've always i'm always interested in hearing this and i i'm not sure if uh, i'm sure he would ask you but like what would like say what would your advice be to him you know going into his first uh, national championship tournament as as a coach you know i, I... I guess just soak up all the experience, soak up all the opportunities that you can. And um, obviously, you know, heading into this tournament, like just enjoy it. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't come, you don't get into this position all the time. And I think your team's going into, into nationals in a good spot, hopefully feeling really good. Uh, so just enjoy it. Same thing as the players, like enjoy it. Like you only have so much time, especially for your athletes, enjoy the experience. And then, too, as a coach, just learn from every experience, like a win, a loss, a play uh, from one play to another. Just soak it all up, learn from as much as possible, um, and then just look to get better every day from game to game, from practice to practice. I didn't even think about this. This is actually my first Nationals because last year's was canceled. Uh, young blood, Sean. That's young crazy. Blood. I never thought about it. Obviously, I've been to them a bunch of times playing. Yeah. That'll be the first one. I said, you know, well, Coach Burns, now, you know, we're kind of talking about this a little bit. And we're talking, you know, we're kind of talking about playing in them. You know, Coach Hines, what was it like for you playing in some national championships? Uh, well, actually, I only played. Yeah, thank you, Sean. Thanks for pointing <laughs> that out. I only played in one uh, in 2013. Like I said, we were, we were lucky enough to to come out on top. It was a, you know, a great team to be a part of. Um like I said, you know, the you could say it's just like another game, but the pressure is a little bit different. Um, but I, I think we had a group that was you know, had enough experience on it to handle it really well. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. Like you don't remember all the games that year. You don't remember every play in the national championship game, but you remember the team that you're a part of. Uh, and you, honestly, it's something you'll never forget. And, and being on the men's team uh, as the assistant coach when we won, was also another really cool experience, just different. Um, and then being a part of the women's championship two years ago, um, same thing, just a different experience. Again, never forget those relationships that you built, um, that you maintain moving forward to. It's just, it, it's a special feeling. And uh, like I said, you just got to soak up those moments and enjoy them. You know, not to brag, uh, I'll, I'll take a lot of credit there for uh, that national championship game. Hey. Hey, got that, hey, I got that call on the, on the inbounds. I was gonna say you uh you definitely had the uh had the voice going on the sideline and uh, you brought a lot of energy to our bench and to the court, Bryant. So I'm not saying it was just because of you, but a big part of it, no doubt. Hey Ryan, Ryan was really uh, selfish in his one national championship game too. Yeah, Sean likes to the guy uh, right here got into the game yeah. for 45 seconds. I had a wide open layup and Ryan did not give me the ball. So I shot it. Did I make it, Sean? It doesn't matter. I, I did. I did. I earned my <laughs> my keep of last shot. No, he did. Okay, okay. Fair enough, Sean. <laughs> yeah. No, the cool thing Sean. about like that game was um 
we had what three seniors, I guess. I think. Yeah. And, uh, Ryan, Jared, and Mark. And Mark Booth had the first ten points, I think. And anyway, it just it kind of brings up to me at least kind of players showing up in the moment of nationals and kind of how you can create your own moment, even though he wasn't our best player. He's probably like our third or fourth best player on, honestly, on the team showed up, got it done. And, you know, it was five years of work that he kind of, you know, culminated in that championship. So I don't know, there's lots of cool things that happened at nationals. That was one of them in my time. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Sean, I'm just going to go ahead and let you know, you got to know your role. So there's my role. I can't reason. waters like a champion. Listen, there's probably a reason why he didn't pass you the ball for the wide open layup. So, so I got your back on that one, Hines. I, based off a hey, based off the last performance that Sean had with ABC, I can understand why you didn't pass him the ball. The guy you <laughs> went you went over, I believe. Uh, airballed a, I believe you airballed a couple shots. Not to call you out or anything. Not to call you well, out. Bryant, to be fair, that was, you know, that was Sean's freshman year. So I was, I was making him earn his keep before. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Hey, is, is that, is that considered hazing? Is that what that would be considered? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. No, right. that's just, uh, that's just bringing the freshman along. That's all it is. I got you. No, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. Also, by the way, Coach Hines, I got to give you your credit here. You are a pretty dadgum solid tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bryant. Thank you. Like you, you, you even said like when did you pick up tennis? Um, first time you touched a racket. Yeah, I, I didn't play tennis um, stand up before I was injured. Uh, so when whenever Evan started and he kind of started having some some stuff here was when I played tennis really for the first time. Um, but it's a lot of fun, honestly. It's it's different. Um, I always say my biggest weakness in tennis is actually hitting the tennis ball. Um, but if it wasn't for that, I, you know, I'd probably be even better. Yeah, you'd probably be all world, I would think. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, uh, Coach Hines, I know you've got a, uh, I know you've got a busy week ahead of you, man, and I and I really appreciate you taking the time, coming on here, hopping on the podcast. Uh, we're really looking forward to this week. Looking forward to nationals. You know, uh, you got any last words for uh, for all our listeners here? Yeah, I mean, I think just just tune in and you're going to see some great basketball. You're going to see some competitive basketball. You're going to see a lot of uh, just awesome things. And and I think it's well-deserved for all of our athletes on both teams. Uh, they put in so much work, sacrificed so much this season, especially um, just to have the opportunity to compete. Um, so definitely tune in and, and support Alabama Adapted. I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't agree anymore. So, uh, but once again, man, we really appreciate you hopping on here. Best of luck getting everything going this week. Hope all film studies, everything, practice, everything goes well. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Sean. All right. See you, Coach. Yeah, real time. All right, Ty fans. Once again, that was Coach Ryan Hines. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm intrigued about this uh, three-game series. You know, uh, I, we talked to Oppie a little bit after his interview. Um, and, you know, he had some advice to where he was just like, because I asked him, you know, what would your advice be? And he said, you know, to take it one game at a time, that's the most important thing because, you know, internationally they do the three-game series and then he goes, mm -hmm. he's like, again, you got to just take it uh, one game at a time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited about this format. I've always been curious. You know, I realized that with the NCAA tournament, 
you know, it's obviously they play six games to get to the national championship, I believe. Or, you know, there's there's a pretty considerable number of games. I've always wanted like three games of, yeah. you know, like back in the day. Yeah, I know you're a, you're North Carolina born and raised. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like when North Carolina and Villanova played, it ended in the buzzer beater. I would have loved three games that of that. Like that would yeah. have been an incredible three game series. Right. So, uh, but yeah, so I'm excited about that. It's going to be different. It's going to be unique. Um, but also it's, it's, it was nice hearing him kind of talk about the development of his athletes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then also talking a little bit about, you know, back in the day, whenever he was playing and the appreciation of, mm-hmm. you know, we, we hosted, but we were in Birmingham hosting. Right. So, nice. uh, yeah, so uh, what were your thoughts a little bit on anything that he had to say? Um, just seems ready. I mean, they've had a long, they've had a such a weird season. You know what I mean? Like they've had cancellations and teams dropping out and everything. And I just think them being ready. I think th- th- with the three game series, I feel like you're gonna the best teams definitely gonna win, right? Like right. in order to win, like you've got to do it twice. Um, so, you know, that's going to easily promote the, the better team to, to come out on top. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. Like, you know, anybody can win one game here and there, right? Like you see that all the time, NCAA tournament, you get those Cinderella stories and stuff like that. Um, so I think, I think that'll be pretty cool and, and, and a little bit different for this nationals. Um, I'm sure they probably won't keep this format going forward, but you know, there might be a scenario where, like, they only have four teams anyway. Like, you had a couple of series here and there or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, and then it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think just, you know, him having his team get ready out, you know, he's, he's got such a, a good mixture of young and, and youth, or sorry, young and veterans. Um, so, kind of putting all of them out on the court and we'll see how it goes. I, I, I anticipate that they're going to play really well. I'm, I know yeah, that yeah. they've got to be chomping at the bit. I'm just, about to say, and, to get and back the same, out there. Yeah, I mean, hey, and the same for UTA. I mean, they've yeah. had to go through the same hurdles. Right. You know? So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm excited. And had no games essentially. So yeah, I'm excited for you know. I'm obviously incredibly excited for our athletes, but you know, I'm excited for all, all the athletes. You know, just in general. Right. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so once again, that was uh, women's head coach, Coach Ryan Hines. Uh, upcoming next, we have uh, Juice Young coming on. Uh, she was a former athlete here at the University of Alabama. She's now playing overseas in Germany. Um, I will say, Coach Burns, we're trying to figure out a time frame for you to get on to this interview. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to figure it out. So, Ty fans, there's a little suspense here. Coach Burns may or may not be involved in the interview. So, uh, anyways, we're going to hop right into that. We hope you enjoy it. All righty, tight fans. So, I kind of teased this a little bit in uh, coming into this interview uh, that I was thinking maybe Coach Burns was going to be able to be a part of this, but he's not. He decided to bail on me. Uh, he, he thinks that his practices and film and all that are more important. So, it is what it is. So, it's just going to be me. And the fantastic Aaron Young, also known as Juice. Juice, how you doing? Hi. I love this so much. <laughs> hey, all right, quick question. How, how's everything going? Is everything all right over there in Germany? 
Yeah, I mean, minus, you know, COVID, everything's been pretty good. Basketball is really good. Um, I get to kind of make my own schedule when it comes to training. So, you know me, I'm training pretty much all day, every day and enjoying the process of being here. I about to say, can you, you want to go through a little bit of what your training regimen is like? Because I know from so, some social media posts and stuff like that on your stories that you, you're, it seems like you're in the gym, what would be like about 5.30, like between like 4.30 to 5.30 my time every, or in here in that U.S. and Alabama. What, what's your training regimen like? Oh, uh, as of right now, so I can kind of go through my day tomorrow um and my alarm set at 5 a.m and i'll be in the gym around 6 15 in the morning uh i do like a light shoot around slash push and then i come home put nutritional food (laughs) and then i have like a physio rehab slash mini strength and conditioning session at about noon and that goes for about an hour hour 15 and then we have practice tomorrow from six to eight at night but I'm usually there early getting shots up and just preparing for practice but tomorrow's pretty light it should only be about uh four or five hour training day so it's light Pretty light. And you're saying that pretty humbly. We'll go with pretty light. So, you know, after last season, you know, things obviously didn't go as planned. And, you know, you're the you're one of the first you're actually probably actually you are the first athlete, former athlete rather, that has come on here and that was directly impacted and affected by that. There is also some rule changes that were made through, uh, you know, just like the, some rule changes throughout the wheelchair basketball. And, and I mean, it, it, it was a crazy hectic time for you, you know, going back to COVID and then having to deal with the unknown of some of these potential rule changes that took place over this past year. What, what has it been like for you? Um, it's been really stressful. Uh, Mentally, especially this summer, I really was in the right headspace. Um, I just kind of threw myself into training and I didn't really want to think about, you know, life going or um, potentially not playing wheelchair basketball anymore. I just kind of trained and stayed in my own lane, which was helpful, I guess, but at the same time really wasn't. And then um, I started to realize that my national team and all the other athletes that I was dealing with and working with were kind of going through the same thing. And once we started to talk about it a bit more, um, it became a bit easier to like realize that I'm not alone on this path in this crazy world we're living in right now. And um, obviously getting to uh, the opportunity to play in Germany and continue to play with the virus. That's been like the most beneficial thing for my mental and physical health. (laughs) Um, But I'm excited to get back to Canada and, you know, training with our national team and whatnot. But it's crazy to think a year ago, I was doing my senior night in Alabama and 
couple of weeks later, everything kind of went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think uh, crazy might be the uh, nice way of putting it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, I can only imagine, like genuinely can only imagine. And, um, you know, it was so awesome whenever you, whenever I found out that you had got the opportunity to play in Germany and stuff like that. But then also, you know, you, you mentioned playing for your national team and, and I know how much that means to you just from conversations we've had in the past. And then that kind of gets, that gets straight up postponed for a whole year. You know, are you, are y'all still on pace to be able to like to start your training with your national team? Uh, whenever, like, when do you, when do you, when, do you, when did you say you get back? Um, uh, I'll be back with the national team, uh, starting in May and it'll be the first time we've all been together in over a year and a half, which is like a huge deal because our national team is like any chance we get, we're always together. So um, I'm a little bit nervous because again, I haven't seen anyone in a year and a half. So you don't really know where they've been in their training and where I am in my training. So it's going to kind of take about a couple of weeks for us to kind of gel and get used to each other again, but um, we're high performance athletes. So I don't think it'll, it'll be too hard to do any of that. So no, yeah, yeah no, I, I, I completely agree that you are all high performance athletes, you know, what, and, and we've had a couple of people come on that they have, they've had the opportunity to kind of talk about representing their national team for you what is it like having that opportunity to represent team Canada and what what are some of the experiences that you've had that you know playing with them and for them had like what opportunities have that given you oh man what it's like to I I don't know really how to put into words to represent your country at the highest level um it's just an honor um it's, I don't know, I always kind of get emotional when I get asked this question just because like I can't put it into words. It's just, I can't put it into words so I'll do it by playing the sport I love and playing as best as I can and representing my country as best as I can. And I, I love it. There's so much passion that I have for this sport and the people around it that it just makes this quote unquote job really easy for me. Um, yeah, I you had too many questions. What was the other one? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I look, I'm I'm an expert at this now, so my interviewing abilities <laughs> have gone through the roof. I should have sent you a list. I know we had Oppie on here uh, before this, and he and he sent us he he sent us a message. Goes, hey, can you send us a list of the questions? And the only person we've done that for was Nate Oates, and I just said, dude, who do you think you are, Nate Oates? Like, I'm not sending you a list of the questions, like. You're just gonna have to answer them. Get over it. So, oh my gosh, respectfully, Jish, you're just gonna have to. You're just gonna have to roll with the punches here, okay? I mean, yeah. I know it's hard hitting stuff, all right. So, uh, <laughs> but no, okay. So, what what are some of the coolest events? I guess then that that since that that you've got to participate in with your national team. Oh, uh, well, starting off from when I first started, 2014 World Championships, uh, Team Canada was fortunate enough to win it on home soil, which was my first ever international tournament. So first ever international tournament and then becoming a world champion. That's just dreams, <laughs> goals. <laughs> and um, ever since then, it's kind of opened, wheelchair basketball in general has opened so many doors and so many opportunities for uh, not only me, but every athlete that's playing this sport. Um, 
yeah, when I first got introduced to it, all these teammates of mine are saying they went to school, got full rides or playing basketball. And I was like, Hey, I want to do that. And lots of the Canadians have actually been through the Alabama program. And really the Canadians that have been through the Alabama program are like the top Canadians to ever play this sport. So I kind of really wanted to follow that path because it's like, dang, Jenna McLaughlin went to Alabama. I want to go to Alabama. And so, yeah, it's really opened a ton of doors for uh, disabled athletes. And so 2014 was like a huge one for me. And then kind of 2015, 2016, I was just a young kid absorbing in every tournament that I got to play in and be in. And then uh, becoming a Paralympian in 2016 was a really big deal for me to finally get that title and perform at the top level was just crazy to me. And I was still really young at the time. So I didn't get to play much, but it was the experience to me that meant uh, the most. And then in 2017 till now, I'm kind of a more into my role as a four or five and I get to play a bit more and experience more on court and it's just been like such a whirlwind since 2017 um we've won a couple couple tournaments and uh our biggest one recently was the 2019 um Lima Peru the big games there Pair Pan Am games and that was a big one for us because there was only uh, two spots to qualify for Tokyo. So we really had to perform at our best to qualify and we ended up winning gold there and the gold medal is extremely nice. So that's really, that's a bonus to the whole experience. And then obviously now Tokyo, uh, Canada has a really good shot at meddling. Um, obviously we're going to go for the gold medal, but we have a shot at any and that's, that's a big deal for us, but yeah, it's really opened so many op- like so many doors for wheelchair basketball athletes. You know, you have the option to go to school and get a degree and play and win a bunch of national titles, but you also have the op- opportunity to go play overseas and play professionally and like you can play everywhere. You can play in Italy, France, Spain, Germany, like you pick, you can go wherever you want and that's such a cool um that to me is just so cool that wheelchair basketball is, is so international and it's mind blowing how many opportunities we get from it. Yeah, no. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause so you and you and Oppie technically play in the same league, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and he was kind of talking a little bit about how, um, come playoff time, it's like a, a three-game series. Have you have you played in three-game series before? Uh, surprisingly, no, I haven't. But I, unfortunately, our team will most likely not make the playoffs this year. We're going to just miss it, I think. So that's unfortunate that I won't get to experience that just yet. But right. hopefully in the new seasons, we can get there. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I'm sure you will. Look, hey, things happen. I'm sure you guys will. So, and, and, and so what I was basically going to be getting at is, you know, I know you have a pretty good relationship with a lot of people still on the team. I know, obviously, you and Rosie go back to national team. I mean, I know y'all's relationship is really tight, really close. 
have you have you talked to them any any at all about kind of not necessarily taking the moment for granted with nationals and how quickly it can kind of be like taken away coming up like our national championship tournament coming up uh i actually just wished rosie good luck for this weekend today like a couple hours ago (laughs) so that's kind of funny but i think i didn't really have to touch much onto it because they kind of got to see my experience from last year getting it taken away from me and being the only like like senior pretty much to have that taken away from me so I definitely think they kind of kept that experience and kept that emotion that I really poured out to the team last year about it and so I don't I don't think they're going to take it for granted and I am going to be watching as much as I can and I'm going to be watching the men and women's but like I'm just excited for Alabama to really come out on top again even during these hard times yeah no it's gonna it's gonna be wild so I'm obviously excited you know it's a the first time I think they said that we'll ever be hosting uh you know nationals in Strandhardin Arena definitely they said Tuscaloosa's got the host before but Hines was on here talking about I guess but that was in Birmingham so it's not really the same yeah so you know what were some of your nationals experiences like here whenever you were at Alabama oh gosh my first year, <laughs> we were uh, we were playing to have fun, <laughs> to put it nicely. <laughs> um, you know, we were a really young team, and I was one of the only cr- recruits at the time. So, like, it was tough. It was tough. We we had a lot of uh, things happen during that first season of mine, but definitely that first year was just the opportunity to take on all the experience of the University of Alabama and the training and the people and going to school like that was kind of my take from my first year but then I've won technically two I guess you could count my last season as a three my third but I think the first two national championships that we won were one of the best experiences that were both really good, really tight games. And I think it just kind of showed what Alabama is all about. Like we had so much grit going into that game and we were playing so aggressive and we were loud, we were hyping each other up and we were not taking anything from the other team. And like, we knew it was going to be a fight to win it. And I think in the first, the two, national titles that we won were like the the best like they were so much fun and I think it was such a good um team win everyone felt the win and everyone got to like the opportunity to either play or be a part of it and it just felt like it was not just the five people that got to play it was the whole team that won it and was involved with it and it was awesome I, I, I find terrible at explaining in those moments because like they still kind of give you goosebumps. Like you just love those wins so much, but they were always very tight and close games. And every single time Alabama was the underdog. So those are, those are my favorite wins for sure. I'm about to say, so I, I know I, 
I touched a little bit on this in the Hines interview. You know, I actually got to be on the sidelines for y'all's and I was doing the doing the stats and stuff like that. And I just yeah. remember Hines and Wills. That was the that was actually the I think the first time all season, definitely with you guys. I think I had only been on the sideline like twice the whole season. And that was the one, like one of the one times. And I was sitting there pretty, I'm not gonna lie. I was pretty nervous. Like I was nervous all the time. Like I was nervous for you guys. And I, I remember Will Wright looking at me, he goes, he said, uh, you know, he goes, be loud. He goes, and don't get, don't show that you're nervous. Don't, he goes, don't just, don't show any sort of like nerves. He said, just be loud, be supportive, remind them that, Hey, we got to focus right now. We got to worry about what, what is right now. And I was like, okay. So I tried to do just that, and I tell you what, like, I just, it was hands down one of the most fun experiences. I'll never forget when y'all are all celebrating, and I think it was you and Sarah, you and Sarah, maybe you and Babsy, like, come together and hug, and she, like, falls over on top of you and couldn't get back up. And I That was Sarah. Yeah, that was, I tell you, she was like, pull me up, pull me up, and I was just like, okay, sorry, sorry, yeah, though. That was, uh, that was incredible because, Throughout that whole season, you know, it was against UTA in that championship game. Mm-hmm. You guys were – it seemed like slowly progressing, like, on the scoreboard, really. Like, I, and I know that's not necessarily a, a great way to see progression, but you could tell that each game was closer and closer and closer. Like, the vibe was – you could tell that there were there was a good progression being made. Maybe it was – whether it's, you know, obviously in the on practice or – maybe more attention to detail and, and things like that. And it all came together in that game. That was so – I mean, that game was so much fun. I felt like like y'all were kind of like trailing a little bit throughout the whole game, and it was just back and forth. I think you ended up with like a 30-something point triple-double, if I remember correctly. Like, uh, that was like <laughs> the most fun. That was, as, that was as much fun of a basketball game as I have ever seen or been a part of in my entire life. Yeah, I I mean, those those games definitely going into it, um, you know, all of us girls would kind of talk about how the season went during before nationals and stuff. And we all knew we were going to win and we knew that it was going to be an extremely hard game to win. But like as soon as soon as we got on the bus to head to nationals, it was just like the vibe. Everyone knew we were going to win whether and it was going to be blood sweat and tears that got us there but we just knew we were going to win and then you know our warm-ups were really um focused and strict and it was just like everyone was on the same page and then going into those games we would probably be down by two or three and we'd go into a timeout and saying we're winning this like we were losing at the time but we just knew we were winning it and I know Heinz there in the that one uh national championship game he was kind of getting nervous at the end and we were telling him like we got it like it's okay (laughs) chill we have this we have this kind of figured out and then we had only a few seconds to get the shot up to tie the game uh to go into overtime and Heinz is kind of drawing up this play and he's trying to figure it out and he he was kind of explaining that like I needed to put up this last shot and I was like no like this is not going to come for me at all like they're going to try to really sell out and this the shot is coming from Kate or Rosie like I just knew like there is no way I was not gonna like they UTA knew that I can I can put up shots last minute I can 
take extremely hard shots. So I knew they were going to really sell out on me and they were going to really sell out on Kate and Rosie. But I just knew that Kate and Rosie were the ones that were going to make the last shot. So like during that time, I was like hyping them up. I was like, you guys have got this. Just take your time. It's all good. It's going to go in, whether it's a far, like a deep shot or not, just take your time. Like I will do my best to kind of get everyone away from you. And in the end, it was Kate that made that uh, last bucket, kind of a pretty deep mismatch shot. And we just knew we, and as soon as we had that um, overtime extra opportunity, we're like, all right, we're going to kill him now. Like there's, there's no way out, like full throttle. We're going all out. There's no way we're going to let them win this. And then obviously we won and it was one of the, I don't know. I still think that's one of my favorite wins of my whole career for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was next level stuff. You were talking about that grit. You talked about the grit and all that. And I'm just, I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, it was, I, I still sit there and think about that game as much as even as the men's game and stuff like that. Because y'all both ended up winning. So I'm sitting there thinking, awesome. Like, because the, the men played before y'all mm-hmm. and won. So I'm sitting there, I'm already like, I'm like kind of hoarse. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Because I was up top still yelling, doing my, doing the recording for the men's game. And I'm doing whatever there. And uh, and then I kind of there like, and then I remember, I was like, oh, I'm going to be honest. And I was just like, all right. I know they've got this. I, in the back of my mind, I was always just like, it's going to be awesome whenever they both win this, when they both win the championship. I was like, it's going to be awesome. And it was. Um, so what are, what are uh, you talked a little bit about uh, this upcoming experience or the upcoming uh, training for nationals or excuse me, for, you know, the Paralympics. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean to you have, that now, you know, NBC is really going to start putting more, uh, more of the Paralympics on prime time for I think the first time in the history of the Paralympics you know what does it what does it mean to you now seeing that Paralympics is now really becoming a must-see national brand type TV it means a lot to me especially um, I mean I still only came in in about 2014 for um, Team Canada but even then the broadcast and it was not done well uh even on our home soil we didn't have a crazy amount of fans and it was a world championships which to me like at the time whatever basketball is basketball I'm not there for the fans I'm there to play and and win and now that since 2014 till now like it is crazy how media has totally amplified um Paralympic sport in general like it's kind of all over the place and people actually know about wheelchair basketball now and a couple of years ago if you said wheelchair basketball they were like what is this <laughs> like, so it's crazy how media has totally um, helped uh, you know promote our sport and not only our sport but every other Paralympic sport I think it's really great and I'm really I'm thankful because now family members and friends that won't potentially get to be in Tokyo can still watch it live and experience the whole game. But um, as much as I love that and I love the media and I love promoting it, um, I'm so basketball driven that it doesn't matter if there's a crowd there or not. I'm there for one job and that's to win. So as much as it's really great and I know that my family and I have so many supporters watching us like 
I love that. And I'm so thankful for that, but I'm also there to give them the best basketball I can give. So it's really great, but I'm just so basketball driven that. (laughs) No, I completely understand. Well, look, I know it is like you said it was before you got on, you said it's 10 o'clock around 10 o'clock your time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So look, we're going to, I'm going to wrap this up with one final question. Who do you have winning for the men and women's for the for national championship tournament? Uh, Alabama women are obviously going to win it. Um, I have extremely high hopes, and I cannot wait to watch the uh, three games they have going on. I'm actually it's perfect. We have a, a weekend off from our games here, so I have the whole weekend to watch basketball there. And so definitely the women. And I really, 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 really hope our men can, you know, get all the motivation and just go for it. And I, I mean, I expect our men, I, I mean, I expect everyone to always be in the finals. So I expect them, Alabama men seem to be in the finals and I expect them to win, win it. So I hope they bring everything they got to the table there, but I would like them to bring home two titles again. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Me too. And I know that they want to as well. Uh, once again, I really appreciate you taking the time, hopping on here, Juice. As always, it's a joy to talk to you. Uh, best of luck throughout the rest of the season. I know I'll, I talk to you kind of frequently. So, best of luck, obviously, also with everything with your training leading up to this fall in the 2021 Paralympics. Thank you. All right. Roll Tide, Juice. All righty, Tide fans. So our fourth and final interview here is with the men's head coach here at the University of Alabama Adapted Athletics Program, Coach Ford Bertram. First and foremost, Coach, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Coach Burns, I'm glad you're able to be with us here for this one. I know there's some scheduling conflicts with uh, with uh, Juice's interview, so I know you weren't able to be a part of that, and I know you had wanted to be, but Glad you're actually able to make this one. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, first and foremost, Coach, I, I've got to ask, how's everything going with the family, with the with the kiddo? I mean, I feel like it's been a stressful – not a stressful year for you in, in, to an extent, but, like, it's been kind of a crazy year, a stressful year for everybody. And then you got the – you had the opportunity to add a, a newborn into this, uh, into this environment. How's everything going for you and your family? Yeah, we're good, man little my little boy Locke is is growing like a weed and I should say our little boy Locke is growing like a weed um mom uh Denise is a trooper and uh she takes really good care of him and is and is my support system so she's helped me through all this and and helped him and um you know I do the best I can but coaching takes up a lot of my time so uh (laughs) You know, I, I try to try to hang out with him when I get an opportunity to, and and uh, we get to spend some family time. Last weekend was really nice to have some family time. So, yeah, that's awesome. You know, uh, it's been a crazy year, but also it's been a year in which the events have still been able to happen. Uh, you've gotten a pretty good amount of games in. What has it meant for you to uh, still kind of have a semi-normal season for your athletes? <laughs> There's been nothing. Right. There's been nothing normal about this year. Um, I, I, to be blessed with the opportunities that we've had uh, has been pretty awesome for our kids and for, for our, 
for our coaching staff and for the rest of the staff here. And we've been very blessed to have the opportunity um, to let these players compete and do what they enjoy and, and have some sort of normalcy, I guess, is what you're looking for there to their life. Um, but it, I, again, it hasn't been normal. Like it's still a, it's still a changing daily. Uh, we've had to pivot a lot. We've had to learn a lot. We've had to overcome uh, adversity um, more so than we would in a normal season. Uh, but at the end of the day, we, we've uh, handled it really well and, and the boys have handled it really well. And um, they're a better crew for it. And they, uh, they work their tails off to get to where they are. So. Yeah, and, and I tell you, some of the things that I've, I've really enjoyed is kind of getting to see the progress of a lot of the guys throughout the season. We've talked about it on the, on our previous podcast, you know, getting to see some of the young guys really kind of come into their own. Um, and for me in particular, one guy that has really kind of like stood out, I guess you could say, that maybe doesn't put up a lot of points, but is Grady Gordon on the defensive end. I feel like he's kind of really developed a little bit. He's always seems to be at least be around the ball as a, has a pretty good amount of deflections and things like that throughout a game. What has it been like for you getting to see all of your, your young guys get more minutes and, and have the opportunity to develop so far this season? Um, you know, I've, I've enjoyed watching the progress of, of the young bucks. Um, they really have stepped up when we've needed them to, uh, Grady has come a long way on the defensive end. He's come a long way off the court too, as well, um, in the weight room and, and with school and, uh, just taking on responsibility. And, and so, uh, he's, he's maturing and blossoming in, in more ways than just on the basketball court, but it's really good to see him start to find his, um, defensive deme demeanor, uh, on the basketball court, uh, still progressing on the offensive end. And I think that'll get better, uh, but I think that it's been a real blessing to watch him kind of develop. And then the other guys, you know, the other crew of four that we had last year, we had um, Partha who has, who's been a lot put on his shoulders as well. And, and he has, um, he has done what we've asked him to do and more. Uh, and he's still progressing and learning uh, and, and watching him progress has been a beautiful thing. And he's such a, a good human being off the court that it's just, you, you, you want him to do good on the court. So um, that's a blessing. And then Evan and Austin, you know, I, they don't really see the court a whole lot and they don't get a whole lot of minutes, but we've watched them progress and they've steadily gotten better. Uh, and when opportunities have presented themselves, they've done a pretty good job of taking advantage of them. Um, but they're still learning too. Right. And they're, they're still growing and developing and, um, figuring out what real work is all about. And, uh, Grady and Partha have had the opportunity because of their classifications and because of the way that our team is right now, um, have had the opportunities presented quicker than it would be for, um, Evan and Austin who, who have, uh, had some senior players in front of them and they're still learning. So, um, that's kind of how the progression has gone for those four. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you talked about where the team is now, you know, for the past about month and a half, it's been uh, really the first opportunity the whole season to kind of have everybody all together. Um, is it, what is it like not necessarily getting to see, I guess you would say like uh, that full slate of games and kind of seeing like having that opportunity for your team, maybe to come together a little bit more on the court. Does that present, more challenges this year uh, heading into the national championship tournament? 
yeah it does so it, it's really been about three and a half weeks that we've had everybody back together so it's been a very condensed time to have all uh, 11 guys um, healthy and and uh, eligible and active and um, team chemistry is is always a thing that you work on right and and off the court this group has a great chemistry about them the way they care for each other and the way they take care of each other and um, so off the court, their chemistry is really good. Uh, and so that helps on the court, obviously. Right. So, um, but finding rotations and finding who's working that day and, uh, it's, it's become kind of a, uh, kind of a gamble to try and figure out exactly what rotation is best for that day and, um, how different players react to different situations. And we haven't really had a chance to stress them as much as I would normally like to stress them during a year. Uh, so I'm kind of comfortable with what we're doing towards the national tournament, but then again, it hadn't been a normal year. So I would, I would say that if we had the normal opportunities, um, then I wouldn't feel so different about this year. I really feel like this year has been fractured, um, just with COVID and with uh, the way in which um, the fall started without Ignacio, uh, you know, being stuck in Spain and then uh, Luke coming on and joining us and Peter breaking his leg. And uh, so it, and then the staggered return to play for all three of those guys, it's been a really kind of uh, fractured year for us. And, and I think that we've done a really good job of, of kind of letting the, the bones heal and, um, you know, starting to really go through our rehab, so to speak, um, we're we're really getting down to the to the nitty gritty, and it's it's a lot being thrown on a young group at all at once. But I think we're up for the task. So, yeah, and I'll say this: uh, the way that I also I kind of look at it as on the I guess on the bright side is we're not the only program you know that's not really necessarily having a whole lot of opportunity to kind of see what their team can do together on the court. I realize that, you know, the Auburns and the UTAs have obviously played a lot. But I, but at the same time, they've really kind of – we've all really kind of just been cycling, playing one another. Um, and I realize that UTU going up against the UTA potentially, uh, you know, they haven't seen Alabama at the full strength and, and you haven't seen what your group altogether can do against them as well. Um, but heading into this tournament, you know, with it being a condensed field, is it – nice knowing that hey here's who like you're able to focus obviously on Auburn game one but then also you kind of have an at least you have an idea as to what to expect if you were to move on past Auburn and get to that next game is it nice kind of knowing hey we can focus on you know later down the road we can kind of already have that game plan prepared for a certain number of teams rather than potentially like a whole field yeah so um Usually, Bryant, like with the way that our bracket is done, we kind of know if we win this, if we win this, if we lose here, whatever the case may be, we, we kind of have a contingency plan for each one of those teams as we go through the national tournament. Um, so it, it's not any different than it normally would be in that sense. Um, but I, you know, being able to see all of Auburn and UTA throughout the year and seeing everything, you know, and Auburn got a chance to look at us with all 11 guys, uh, two games, but they still haven't really seen all our rotations and all, um, all the stuff that we have at our disposal. Um, so, you know, kind of like that we've not really been hiding something, but it's kind of like we have, 
right? And it wasn't done on purpose. It's just how it played out. Um, and so I, I think that them game planning for us will be more difficult for not than us game planning for them. Because um, I'm, I'm sure that they, they're going to do some stuff that we haven't seen, which normally teams do in the, in the tournament. But um, we're prepared and, and we've kind of thought about um, what kind of changes they might make and adjustments they might make. And um, so, you know, kind of playing devil's advocate there. Um, but I think that uh, they have had more opportunities to work on their team chemistry on the court than we have with all our guys. So there's, there's pluses and minuses to, to both sides of it. Right. No, absolutely. And uh, you know, you talked about Auburn in those, in the, you know, lost twice to Auburn throughout the season. Um, does that, do you think losing those games was like in a way a wake up call for your team and, and kind of the work and maybe the attention to detail and some of those things that they really needed to focus on as they move forward leading up into this tournament? Um, you know, I, I don't know if I would call it a, a wake up call as, as a realization, right? So, um, the realization is that we can't just show up with a script A on our chest and win games. That's not how it works. Um, so I think the realization that we've still got to put in the work and, and be determined and come to work every day and stay focused and stay task on hand and pay attention to the details and be detail oriented. Um, those kind of losses help me drive home those points. Um, and I think that, you know, the, our captains had a, a heart to heart with the boys, a captain's only meeting in, in Auburn. Um, and they've responded really well with it or to it. And uh, I think that moving forward, those jungle guys won't forget that loss. Right. Yeah. Um, just like some of the older guys that are fixing to be on their way out. Uh, won't forget some of the losses we had their freshman year. Right. And that's kind of what drives them. Uh, and, and, you know, we've had some nail biters here and there, but it's the, the ones that you know you shouldn't lose. Um, not that we shouldn't have lost those games to Auburn, um, but the, the close one we can, we can stomach and learn from and move on from. The one where we got blown out is unacceptable to me. That should never happen. Uh, so um, that's the loss I'm talking about that they won't forget. Right, understandably. And, uh, you know, this is actually kind of a question for, uh, for both of y'all. Um, you know, it's, it's, you talked about that senior group or the older group that's been around for a while. Sean, you've played with them uh, a little bit, Abraham and Lindy, right? Yeah, and Ryan. Yeah, yeah. So um, what, what, what has it been like kind of seeing their development, you know, from your perspective, Sean, at, from like – having started off with them as a teammate now to their coach and for you coach Ford, you've had them obviously as, as their head coach there. What has it been like for y'all kind of seeing their development as they've grown through these few years? I mean, it's pretty, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think, you know, some of them, Lindy essentially had just started playing wheelchair basketball when he first got here. Um, so just seeing the, the chair skill development, the ability to move the ball, still shoot the ball, you know, well, um, it's crazy to see. And you, and you see, like, how a lot of them are a lot more comfortable now. Um, 
obviously the minutes go up a little bit and they have a little bit more. They know they're going to play and they know they're going to be out there. Um, so, I mean, from that standpoint, it, it, it's good to see. Um, and then, you know, I, I really like watching, you know, Ryan and Anthony play because um, their first couple of years, they barely played. You know, they, they were just learning the game a little bit more. Ryan was learning to get a little bit quicker. Anthony was similar to Lindy, had just started playing. So seeing them pick up the game and, and kind of be contributors is, is good to see. Um, and it's cool to see that they're, you know, two games away from potentially being a national champion too. Whereas, you know, a few years ago, they were national champions, but didn't really have a huge role during the game. That makes sense. As much as they were, you know, a part of practices and, and regular season games and stuff like that. So um, it's, it's exciting. I'm excited to see what they got, what they can do. Yeah, what, what about for you, Coach Ford? I mean, you've got to see the, the overall development. What are some of the things that have stood out to you with that older group is, like in their overall development? I think their uh, their mental aspect of the game is what has really like impressed me the most. Uh, the way that they have really developed their voice and and how to communicate with their teammates and you know that they understand that they've got to be the leaders and that they've got to be the vocal leaders and you know the physical leaders and different one of each each one of them brings different assets to the team. So um, and watching them give back to the younger guys and talk through things to the younger guys and, and explain kind of the game and what they're seeing and how to, how to do things. Like I, the, the biggest thing that stands out to me with this group is their mental uh, maturity over the years. Like uh, the stuff Sean said is all correct. Um, but the mental maturity, it, and that, that happens after five years of being in a program and understanding what is being asked from your coaches and understanding what is, needed to get your teammates to where we need to be yeah no absolutely it, it's it's always intriguing for me so you talked about the the communication with their teammates it's always I've, I've really enjoyed you know people can be vocal during a basketball game but it's how how you are like it to me it's not like it's how you say things uh kind of the way it comes off basically and and kind of seeing that development and that change where um you can just really see it's more uh, it's almost always encouraging. It's never really like try to ber like berating where sometimes maybe it comes off as that and it's not intentionally like that, but now it seems like even though it might be a little constructive criticism as I guess you could call it, but it's, it's encouraging constructive criticism. So, um, and I want to also ask both of y'all, y'all obviously, like I said, uh, Sean, obviously recently a former athlete, Coach Ford, I know you're kind of old, so uh, it's been a while since uh, you were a former athlete here. Um, what is it like having nationals here at Strandhardt Arena when both of you had such a massive impact on the program and helping it get to where it is today? Um, I mean, it's pretty cool. Like, we both were a part of the first nationals we hosted um, in Birmingham. Um, it's all obviously nice to have, you know, a close trip for people to come watch you play, but, you know, being able to have it here and being able to, you know, have families come down and, and things like that. And it's going to be awesome. It's really unfortunate that we can only have so many people in the stands because I think 
it could have been even, I think it would have been even bigger and, and we would have had, would have been a packed house. It would have been, you know, one of the better environments that nationals has had, um, you know, in the past few years and, you know, but we got to deal with what we've got. And so it's just cool. It's awesome to see. Um, it's going to be cool to see it on, you know, like the NWBA website, our website, obviously, and just have people tuning in. And, and really the, the crazy thing is it's the only wheelchair basketball games in, in the country really right now, at least this weekend. So I think there'll be a lot of people tuning in from juniors to adults just around the world, around the country. Do you want to repeat the question for me? Okay. Yeah. No, what is it? What is it like uh, starting, you know, ha having nationals here from, you know, whenever you were a former athlete to now coach, you know, what, what is it like for you having nationals here? Um, you know, it's, it's humbling more than anything. It's humbling to, to look back and think, you know, before I got here, uh, they started in Foster Auditorium when it was, you know, really kind of needed an upgrade and didn't really have AC and was hot as all get out. And then I got here and we were in the rec center and we had our own cage and um, the women had their, their um, like space. It was like a closet that they turned into a wheelchair storage area. Um, and, and seeing the progression from there to, uh, you know, really how the program developed and then the start of the tennis team, I always tried to add a few other sports and, and watching the progression there and watching, you know, we've always had the support of our president and of the university, but it's gotten better and better over the years and then finding donors uh, to make, to make our arena happen. And then watching, you know, our, our Dean, Dean Halibowicz, uh really doing a great job with supporting us and uh, watching the, you know, the, the growth and development of, Brent and Margaret as true leaders, right? They, they've always been like coaches and leaders and naturally leaders. And, um, you know, Margaret is, is very, um, she's got gold medals, man. She's, she's very, uh, she's a very gifted woman and, and she's done really well with leading those teams. And Brent's always been a great teacher and developer and uh, but they've grown even more as their roles have grown, they've grown and developed and that, you know, it's hard not to be pushed from somebody like that. Um, and they don't necessarily have to push you, push you, push you, but they do it unwittingly and which makes it great, right? They, they expect, um, they expect you to do your job and be good at it. And that's, that's what great leaders do. And they expect you to do it. And, and we've all done it and we've grown and the program has grown and, you know, we're not anywhere near where, where the finish line is, but we are continuing to grow and continuing to develop and, I think hosting nationals here is kind of a culmination of all the hard work that has gone in this year for us. Um, it's been a very grinding taxing year for all of us involved. Um, everybody in the adaptive athletics organization. And I think uh, we've come out better, better than when we started. And I think that it's not over um, by any means, but we continue to get better and we continue to ask our, student athletes to get better on a daily basis that the, one of the things I tell them almost every day is, can we be better today than we were yesterday? Can we be better tomorrow than we are today? Um, and, and that small goal with that task in mind, right? Like I, I have that task in mind every day when I come in the office, can I be better for this group than I was yesterday for this group? Um, so I think that if we continue to do that and the 
you know, the university continues to support us in the way that they do, um, that we can only continue to grow and develop and become a greater organization. And uh, it's, again, just humbling to me if you think about all that and, and being a part of it and, and having influence on young, young people's lives, uh, men, women, um, you know, whoever comes through our program, we have influence on, even, even if it's not, you know, my team, like the women's team, I don't directly have a ton of influence with them, but you know, that when they ask you to sign their senior poster, it means something, right? It means that you've had an impact on a young person. And, um, same for our boys with the women's staff, they ask Ryan to sign their posters, right? So it's a, um, a very humbling thought that the ripple and the pebble that you throw in the water now is just going to completely expand and, and can completely help along the way people with young people with disabilities um, benefit other people with disabilities and, and it's just going to continue to grow and I think that's an awesome thing man. Yeah no it's it's incredible you know you talked even about this year kind of thinking about kind of I feel like we I don't want to like sound braggy whenever I say this, but we kind of took the challenge from the get-go. We were, you know, the third team on campus back in training. Um, you know, we were following all the protocols and some, and, you know, it's impressive or to me, it's always crazy to kind of think about, you know, we did a virtual online basketball camp and, you know, it, it's one of those things where you, everybody was involved and everybody adapted. And I feel like it, to me, that went really well, all things considered, having never done anything like that before. I realized that it's not normal, but it's nice to be able to sit there and do something like that and know that we can also do it at a pretty high level. And then not even considering everything that all the athletes have done from coming back to campus, the sacrifices they've made to, to sit there whenever they want to do gatherings, they do gatherings over a zoom or, or a FaceTime or something like that, where they want to do their bonding. So uh, it's been impressive. And in, in the sacrifices that y'all have made as coaches as well, um, it's been awesome. And I know the athletes are greatly appreciative of it. No, I'm appreciative of it. And uh, I'm sure our fans and everybody that's going to be tuning in come this weekend is going to, are going to be greatly appreciative of it. So uh, I'm really excited. So, I know it's, we've gone about 30 minutes here on this interview and I've had a ton of fun, but I've realized both of y'all have a ton going on and a ton to do. So uh, I've got one last question for you guys. All right. Y'all ready for it? Yep. Coach Ford, you're shaking your head. No, I want you shaking your head. No, this is a, this is a hard hitting question. Yeah. I have a feeling I know what it's going to be, but go ahead. All right. All right. Did, uh, did you get coach, uh, coach Murphy on the list instead of your wife? <laughs> nope <laughs> all right well hey i'll let you tell him that uh i was just uh just wanted i just wanted to make sure i i figured i'd ask yeah no not, not happening. <laughs> you know i think i think that might have been the right move i know for me it is <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well hey I, I appreciate both of y'all hopping on uh thank you once again coach ford and sean hey Thanks, right. bro. One, baby. I love it. Thank you. All right. See you. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Tide fans, we really hope that you've enjoyed these uh, interviews. I tell you what, it was a lot of fun. We had four of them. Uh, Coach Burns, uh, I hate yes. that you couldn't be on for the juice one. That one was a really good interview as well. Um, but man, you know, it's it's so fun getting there. Do what? It would have been that good if it was just you. Yeah. 
I tell you, man, the it's the content, all right? It's the content that the people were craving. And I tell you, it, it was awesome. Um, you know, it, it's such a, I feel like it's such a luxury to have the opportunity to get to talk with not just you and, and the coaching staff, but then turn around and get to talk to some of our former athletes. I know we're, we're looking forward to that potential in the summer of continuing this podcast, trying to really kind of coordinate some things with some of our other athletes that um, to kind of give the, give the folks an opportunity to see what they're doing in their personal and professional lives. Cause I know there's a lot of them that are doing some different things and, and uh, I would love, I would love to continue to share their stories and also because of the obvious impact that they had, right. We're not here today without the fantastic athletes and people that have come through this program. So, uh, right. but yeah, so some fantastic interviews and I tell you what, we're doing this. We're finishing this podcast up here on it's on Tuesday. So we're three, we're two days away from teams coming in on Thursday for shoot around sessions. We're three days away from game one at 10 o'clock. It's going to be SMSU in Eastern Washington. And I am as pumped up as pumped up could be. I know you and the guys are ready to roll. You got any, you got any final thoughts for the people heading into this weekend? No, man. I I hope people tune in and watch just because this season has been it's been up and down and we've had cancellations due to weather and due to all kinds of different things and we've, you know, had people drop out and you know, people stay in and things like that. So it's really like the kind of culmination of a, of a up and down season where we we've kind of made it. You know what I mean? We made it to the end. Um and you're going to see some some good basketball, some good players on the court playing, um, you know, for a national title. Um, and you're going to see they're going to be as more focused than ever and and really eyeing for that prize. So, um, you know, I, I hope that people tune in and I hope that um, maybe it gets them involved in wheelchair basketball or something like that, where they, they come out to a game next season or um, because it truly is. It's, it's a different kind of sport, but it's, it's fantastic. It's, um, it's basketball, but it's, you know, it's a lot more physical than a, a stand-up basketball game you might be used to watching. So um, I just hope people tune in and I hope people cheer on the tide and cheer on the other teams, man. Like if you're an Auburn fan, tune in. If you're a SMSU fan, an Eastern Washington fan, uh, UTA, like there's five schools here, something for everybody. So definitely enjoy right. And, 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 you know, yeah, and under normal circumstances, there's obviously typically more teams. But yeah. I think that's a credit to the teams that are here mm -hmm. because, you know, having seen it, having to do some of the piece, some of the parts of those sacrifices that you have to make. I mean, you know, I, I in November, I got to see my niece and I've only got to see her once. And that's just for me personally. And it's yeah. only simply because like, oh, hey, look, I'm not hands-on this semester as I was last semester, you know, having the opportunity to help out in the weight room with everything crazy going on. Mm -hmm. um, but this semester, man, uh, my only thought has been, I got to do what I've got to do. So that way we're able to do a live stream for the kids. Like the live stream is able to get out there because the parents haven't been able to be here really this semester um, just because we're taking that we were extra proactive and ensuring that we were able to have this tournament and make it happen. And man, the fact that we're just a handful of days away, we're right here at it. And I just, I'm just ready to get it going. I'm ready for everything else that comes with it. So uh, Tide fans, 
all fans, sincerely, I hope you all tune in. And congratulations if uh, any other teams listen to this, you know, any other fan bases, any other, anybody like that and any of the kids, maybe some from some other schools that are, are tuned into this podcast. You know, congratulate, congratulations to y'all um, and all of their families that, you know, support the kids. That's like they're doing a fantastic job. Congrat, like sincerely, congratulations. And uh, we're ready to get things going. All right. So let's do this thing. I'll, uh, I'll see you in a few, coach. Sounds good, Brian. Good. Right, hold time.